0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Agree to Disagree. I'm your host, Dean Gutik, alongside with me, Aiden Char, Jack Casello, and Noah Schwartz. Boys, how are we doing today? Uh, <laughs> look, Syracuse blew out
1: uh, their opponent last night in the first game, San Diego State, so I am feeling great.
0: Me too. Go orange. That's right, buddy buckets. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, a lot of college basketball. Uh, free agency, and of course, the controversial inequality between men's and women's in college sports. So let's start off with some March Madness. You can't you can't forget madness in March. Yeah, and yesterday defined that. Three overtime games, multiple upsets, multiple good games. I mean, yesterday set the bar high for what we could see going forward. I thought yesterday was a was an amazing start to this tournament. Uh no, I know right. you're the Q's fan. You're a big college basketball fan, so I want you to go first on this one.
1: Yeah, sure. So there was a lot that went on yesterday. Obviously, it was drama from start to finish. We started off with with what was a great game uh, between Virginia Tech and Florida, which was the first game of the day. That game went to overtime, right? That was a, a crazy finish, end of regulation. Virginia Tech comes down, one point, six or seven seconds left. And he makes a three, ties it, goes to overtime, Florida, they hold on. Then we go down through the rest of the day. Of course, we'll talk more about Ohio State versus Oral Roberts, that crazy upset. We had the, the mean green of North Texas beating Purdue. Of course, we had the Syracuse game late at night. There was, there was a lot last night. And all through the day, you mentioned it, Dean, overtime games, uh, double-digit seeds winning. It was, it was crazy. And it, it totally defined what March Madness is about. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk today on the show about what happened during the Saturday games uh, in in the other in the other in the second day of the round of 64. But I can imagine that there'll be more madness and more crazy games that will come today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just that's how this tournament goes. It, it's 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 to expect the unexpected. And that's what we've yeah. gotten so far. And I can't imagine the rest of it will be any different.
2: That is, yeah, that's definitely something to note. We are recording this Saturday morning. Uh, we have to get this in. Uh, so we we don't know what's gonna happen on the second day. There's still 32 games to go. No, 16 games to go. Right. Um, so I'm sure there's gonna be more upsets, but the upsets we've seen so far have been great. And you guys know I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, they were I was picking them to go to the Final Four, so I was a little mad <laughs> to see to see them go out in the first round to Oral Roberts of all colleges. But at the same time, you know, I'm not. I'm not like aggressive enough of a fan uh, to not be able to appreciate the upset. It's a 15 seed being, beating a two seed. That's only happened eight other times in men's basketball history. Um, and it hasn't happened in since middle Tennessee did it to Michigan state a couple of years ago. All right. Um, it's Oral Roberts's first win since the seventies. Uh, you know, it was incredible to see uh, they played fantastic. And if we're being honest, Ohio state is a better team. But Ohio State did not play like the better team. They played horribly, especially down the stretch. Um, you know, they had the chance to win it in regulation, bricked the shot. Uh, they had they they went 9 of 18 on free throws in the game. And that's you, you can't do that and expect to win. And uh, 5 of
1: 23 from 3. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and this was, is essentially,
1: Aiden, they, they this also is a 64-team three-point contest. Because if you they, make threes, you have a good chance to win these games.
2: They also had two chances at the end of the game to tie it they, they missed a shot got the offensive rebound and got another chance to tie it missed it again and so you know it got to the point in overtime where i was just kind of like let's go for the upset come on like let's just let's just see a cinderella story and now i'm yeah. going to be rooting for oral roberts i want to see them go far i think they could uh challenge florida um i i don't think it's unreasonable to see them winning another game uh, I would like to see it. I'm hoping for it. I don't know. In terms of the other upsets, I'm really mad. I pi- I picked my bracket upset heavy, and yet somehow I managed to pick all of the wrong upsets. Because I picked Colgate. Uh, I picked Liberty. Um, I, and then those two both lost. But meanwhile, North Texas, who I almost picked, won. Uh, Oral Roberts won. Syracuse won. So it was uh, it was a good it was a good week for upsets, just not for my upsets.
3: Well we we all knew Syracuse is gonna win. Come on.
1: I had San Diego. No, you know what? I, I mean, you know what, Jack? That, that was a tough game. And and I'll tell you right now, and we can we, we can go more into this, but uh, that San Diego state team, that's a program that's really building something. And they were going to be a number one seed probably last year, had there been an NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, COVID wiped that out. But this is a program that was really building to something special. And they have a new coach. He's is in his, I think it's his fourth year uh, following the retirement of Steve Fisher. And I thought they were going to pose a serious challenge for Syracuse last night, but I want to talk about, about this because Wait, it is just so fascinating that when teams play Syracuse in the tournament, and this happens every year, it seems like, they just look lost against the zone. No, And it's the Jim Beheim effect. Yeah. And it is crazy how teams can just look so completely out of sync and out of sorts against a really basic college basketball defense. I mean, it's a 2-3 zone. How hard is it to figure out? And teams just can't understand it and, and comprehend what's going on. Honestly, you know,
0: yeah. I was going to say to you, first of all, San Diego State usually shoots the ball well. And last night was abysmal. First of all, they couldn't even make a bucket for 10 minutes straight.
1: run for Syracuse
0: to end the first half. 18-0 run to end the first half, and then they score two points to begin the second half. And, you know, I talked about this last night with a friend of mine. I was like, shots that Syracuse somewhat misses in the regular season, now they're making left and right. The 2-3 zone is all over San Diego State. It's like these guys were, in the words of the video game NBA Jam, he's on fire. Syracuse was the definition of on fire last night, especially Buddy Beheim, who yeah. that yeah. logo shot was unbelievable.
3: Yeah. I want to say this. I um, said this in our chat. I was like, Buddy is the next Duncan Robinson.
2: He might be. He might be. I, I just, can't miss. You know, it's, it's, it's when you look at that game, uh, San Diego State, like you said, Dean, uh, didn't score for 10 minutes. Syracuse scored 18 unanswered to end the first half. And then San Diego State ended up losing by 16. So had that run not happened, this is a different game. Obviously, Um, Syracuse played better at the end of that first half. Uh, But for, for the way that the score looks, I don't think it fully reflects the way that the game was played by San Diego State. They fought hard in the second half. They scored 44 points in the second half. That's impressive to do um yeah but they made but a bunch of threes at the end the, it that was, not was a as lot close of garbage time yeah. it just it just so happened that they couldn't that they, they got absolutely shut down at the end of the first half and that that was really what lost it for them
0: yeah you know they couldn't make their shots there was even a stat at halftime they were seven for 23 they not only was this their lowest percentage in scoring it was the lowest points they've scored at the half san diego state easily played their worst game of the year and nonetheless at the worst time possible. Cause that's not, that's not a game you want to lose. And that's not, a, it, you don't want to have that performance at this time of the year in March. Um, and, and from their best was, players too, Dean. Yeah. Matt they, Mitchell
1: was their leading scorer was one of nine from the three point line last night. They could not, like this,
2: I really wonder how, how the uh, tournament would have gone last year. Cause last year, San Diego state was a one seed. Yep. You know, they 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 might have been like the one seed. Who knows? Um and it was and and then they dropped off this year to down to a six. Uh, could they have won the championship last year? Who knows? This team definitely not. No, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I was surprised by how it went. I, I really was. And and 14 wins to end the regular season in a row for San Diego State. I under I, I knew that Jim Boeheim would put a game plan together coming into this game that would allow Syracuse to have its best chance to win. But if we're just talking about talent, guys, I mean, Bay San Diego State might be the more talented team. Yeah, but it just didn't look that way based on, as I said before, the Jim Boeheim effect. He he's a, he's brilliant. I mean, he is he's the master, and he has completely revolutionized college basketball in terms of the way defense has played with that three-two-three three zone and. And that's how it went last night. And, and by the way, they have West Virginia on Sunday. They're a really good team of three seed and a team that, that Bob Huggins has really put together nicely. But if Syracuse comes together and, and plays a similar fashion of the way they did last night tomorrow, and they play good defense again, they've got another chance to win a game because I, I could see them as a second weekend team. Uh, if they, if they just continue to play the way they've been playing, I mean, you're not going to shoot 15 of 27 from three every night. That's probably not going to happen. But if you can just make enough shots and p- play good enough defense like they did last night, only allowing 62, and a lot of those came at the end of the game when it was basically decided already, Syracuse can win another game. And I'm going to pick them right now. I think they're, they're going to do it.
3: I thought a big X factor.
1: I think it's possible.
3: Uh, yeah,
1: definitely.
2: Uh, but I'm, I'm not picking it. I'm not counting on it personally.
3: Really? Go ahead, uh, Jack. What were you going to say? I thought a big X factor for Syracuse was uh... – Joe Girardi really came out of a slump. It seemed like I don't know. I thought he shot the ball well yesterday. I feel like he hasn't been shooting the ball well this season. So it's to take a little pressure off of Buddy, like when Buddy when they collapse on Buddy, he throws it away, and then the open guy hits the shot. That's going to be huge, and that's going to be a big part of Syracuse's success.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't just sure. Beheim. I thought, I thought Dollazai played a very solid game for Syracuse. Edwards, Braswell, you know, for the chase down block. Um, I know. No, around. you have. You also had LeBron vibes when you saw that it was in the oh, first. Yes, I it did. Return, The Syracuse defense—it was all about grit and hustle and bringing your own guts, and that's exactly what they did last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that went right, that had to go right for Syracuse, went right. There was many outcomes I I thought of, and this was definitely not one of them. Nowhere near one of them, and Syracuse yeah. just did everything and right. Con-
2: congratulations to them. They've they've had a tough time in sports recently, so yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: How about
1: uh, how about this uh, this really interesting game between Arkansas and Colgate? It's another local team uh, in terms of upstate New York. Colgate was right in this game, guys. They had it. It was, it was Colgate's on.
2: game to lose. Colgate is the better team between these two. The
3: company isn't happy.
2: And and they just collapsed in the second half. They they collapsed at the end of the first half. Same exact thing as as San Diego State. Uh, Arkansas went on a seventeen to seventeen to zero run. Uh, to end the first half. you can't give up that and expect to win. Uh, Colgate was prepped to go into the half up by you know 15 points and then they went in down by three. So that was that was where it started to fall apart. I think Colgate could have and should have won that game.
1: First, first yeah, I mean, you, you could make the argument and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that early in the game, I think that pace that they were playing with, I think it surprised Arkansas. Both those Mm -hmm. teams like to get up and down, but I think Colgate's ability to get up and down the floor and also make shots while doing so in transition surprised Arkansas. All all they have to do is make some adjustments defensively and just do a little bit more to stop the three-point shooting, and they were able to come back and win that game. But you could definitely make the argument, Aiden, that they were the the better team for a significant portion of the game yesterday. Yeah, But you're right. It all comes down to that 17-0 run. And I just looked at the box score here. It was 33 19. They were up 14. They blew it 17 straight to end the first half and, and you do, you go down by three. And and from there it's it's hard as a fourteen seed to to outscore a you know a number three seed in the second half and keep it tight and they just weren't able to.
2: Yeah. I, I I mean I think it was it was impressive uh to see Colgate even, you know, fight for it. To, to see to see that, you know, a fourteen seed was in it against a three. God Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I picked all the wrong upsets.
0: (laughs) You know, I meant, I was going to say, you know, first of all, Colgate, these guys were shooting, I believe 47% from three on the season. And at one point in the first half, it looked like that, except more. Colgate was shooting lights out left and right. Uh, I started to regret my pick a little bit and I was scared that Arkansas was done. And then the layup at the end of the first half to go up three, Really changed the momentum of that Arkansas game, and Arkansas just took up, took off from there. Okay. Um, it would have been a little cool to see the Toothpaste Brand from ha- uh, Hamilton, New York, win against Arkansas, but you know Arkansas pulled through and they showed why they belong here and they showed why. Apparently, were- Colgate's close to
1: Ithaca. I don't know how close it is, but it's, apparently it's, it's not close super far. To see a game.
0: They're they're in they're in the same
2: region. They're upstate.
3: Right. right.
1: Nice.
2: Yeah. You know, here, here's the craziest thing. There are 20 million brackets uh, submitted through apps this year. 20 million. 127 are perfect. Through one day. Through one day. 120. Most of that is thanks to Oral Roberts. I think it was something like 5 million were busted by that game alone. Um,
0: 95% of people picked Ohio yeah.
2: State to win. Yeah. So it's... One
0: person
2: in our bracket picked Oral Roberts. Um, the yeah, the people that picked Oral Roberts were doing it on a whim, you know. Yeah. yeah, um, it's 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 crazy, uh, but yeah, the this this is this is a similar similar situation to 2018, I think, when uh, UMBC upset UVA, uh, and basically destroyed every single perfect bracket, um. You know, and it, it's going to be the same kind of year. The, the the winning bracket this year is not going to have all four Final Four teams. Oh yeah, no,
1: probably not. Well, I mean, maybe in some but, cases, but maybe,
2: not in every maybe. Case. But yeah, you know, our bracket, we're picking Ohio State to go to the Final Four. Uh, a lot of people are picking Illinois to go to the Final Four. I'm not too confident that they're going to make it there. Uh, same with Michigan. So we'll see.
3: What did what did you put for your Final Four? Me. Yeah.
2: Uh, I had. Um Gonzaga, Alabama, Baylor, and Houston. So I I didn't put Ohio State in my final four. Apparently I didn't. I had them losing to Baylor in this Elite Eight. Yeah. Alabama uh-huh.
3: State.
2: Um team's yeah.
1: what about what about another local game? Did you guys did you guys end up seeing the end of the Rutgers Clemson game? That was a really good game. I didn't, I didn't watch that, one, but I, I saw it was crazy. Geo right Baker. at the end of the game, uh, Rutgers was up two, I believe, with like 15 seconds left and the pass gets thrown inside on by a Rutgers player, and it basically just bounces off the defender, goes right back to the guy who passed to Geo Baker, and he just lays it in, and Rutgers ends up winning right there, right then and there. <laughs> Crazy was- ending to a really, really good game. And Clemson's a team that I like in the ACC. They're really good. Amir Sims is one of the best players in the conference, and they did a pretty good job on him yesterday, 5 of 14 for 15 points. Uh, and, and honestly, Rutgers didn't get contributions from all their stars. Ron Harper Jr. only had 10. But they held on, and it's the first win for the Crimson Tide or for the um for the Scarlet Knights. For, why am I thinking Alabama for the Scarlet Knights since what was it 1983? I think it was. And then, and like, right, Rutgers is another team. Rutgers yeah, is another yeah. team
2: like Syracuse. They've not had a lot of success recently, so it's nice to see them uh, at least winning a game.
1: Yeah, yeah. for sure. And and, Steve and I'm Michael's really done a great job as the coach there. I'm
2: gonna be honest. I have I have Houston winning this next matchup, but I'm really excited to see Rutgers versus Houston. Rutgers can win this game. <clears throat> It's not completely out of the question. I think they looked very good against a good Clemson team. Um, and it was a close game, but, and, and I, I, I'm not completely counting them out. That, then that Houston's been playing like a one seed. So.
1: Goodbye. I wouldn't count them out either. And I mentioned Harper Jr., obviously the son of the former teammate of Michael Jordan. He only had 10 yesterday, I said. But I watched him play against Syracuse early in the season, and he absolutely dominated them for 40 minutes. He is one of the better players in the Big Ten. If he plays up to his potential and he starts making shots, he was 6 from three yesterday, they could pose a serious threat because when you have a, a, a true star like that in, in an NCAA tournament game, you're always dangerous and you're always in mm-hmm. it no matter what happens. So right. I, I could see Rutgers possibly pulling off the upset, and wouldn't it be crazy? 38 yeah. years, no wins. All of a sudden, they go right to the second weekend and their first trip back. it would sure. be a good story. Also, I just want to talk real
2: quick, uh, unless you guys have anything more you want to talk about the men's bracket.
1: No, oh, go I ahead, add, I, I just want
2: to I just what want to know. Do
0: you guys? Oh, no, go. Go ahead, Dean. I was going to say, what game do you guys look forward to? What upset do you guys have Because the is set Friday Sunday. now. What upset could you see today? Are we talking Not about the today. Saturday games or, or the Sunday. Sunday games? Today's games, today's games, today's so the, the Saturday like, games.
3: I'm looking for my you guys will know
0: man. whether or not we're right or wrong
2: by by the time you listen to this. Yeah, but, we won't know. We won't right.
3: Know. But I'm gonna go with my man, the, one of the best Knicks ever, Patrick Ewing, and his Georgetown is to pull off an upset today.
2: Ooh, I like it. Um, I think my my pick, the one I'm most confident in, I'm going Ohio over Virginia. Uh, I have Ohio going to my Sweet 16. Um, so Good. I really need that one. Um, that and I'm excited to see that one. I'm gonna be making sure to put
1: that one on 7:15. For me, it would have to be UCLA to beat BYU. I, I said this from the beginning. I think BYU was the most overseeded team in the field. I do not think they're six seed. They're they're that good. Um, I mean they're 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 a decent team. They have talent. Matt Arms is a is a terrific big guy, former uh, Purdue center, and he transferred there. But I just think UCLA is gonna be too much. I really like the way they played against Michigan State in that first four game a couple days ago. And they have some momentum now. It's their second game already. I think they're going to win as an as an 11 seed beating a six. I the only it.
0: question for that game is Juzane, because uh, one of their leading scorer got hurt at the end of right. that Michigan that's State true. game. I don't know
1: if he'll play. But if he does, right. for I'll mark yeah. that one down for sure.
0: I'm going to agree with you, Aiden, but I'm also going to go outside. I'm going to go with the Santa Barbara Gauchos over the Creighton Blue Ooh. Jays for the win today. All right. <laughs> I, I think think that's, that.
1: that's a popular upset, Dean. I've heard a lot of people make that one. Make the, the other big one I
2: have is Eastern Washington over Kansas. Some people pick Abilene Christian over Texas, which is interesting. I I have seen that one. I just don't think it I don't think it can happen.
0: I don't think we can see 314 seeds win. Or you know, since New York and New Jersey did good yesterday, maybe Iona pulls through and beats Alabama and Rick Patino does his uh, you know, goes on his classic run. Yeah.
1: That would be crazy. That would um, be insane. Wouldn't that be something special? Have Quickly. we ever seen 215s win in the same year? I don't think no. so. No, so, just for that now, I want to I <laughs> we've never seen two
2: 16s, 15s, or I think 14s win in the same year. Okay. We've seen, I think, one season there was three 13 seeds that won in a year. Um, right. But thir- thirteen, the 13 seed, I think, is my favorite upset because it's the most common. It's the most common big upset, I think, the 13 and the 12 seed. And yeah. it's, it, it's like a big upset. You know, a, a 10 over a 7 isn't that big.
1: Right.
2: Um, I just want to say quickly, I know none of us follow uh, women's basketball as much as uh, some other people, but like, who, who do you guys have winning the women's tournament?
1: That Cause that well, starts,
2: that starts on Sunday.
1: I mean, Paige Beckers is the best player in the country and I watch her at UConn. I've watched her a few, few of her games and she's only a freshman and she is ridiculous. I yeah. mean, she might end up having a better career there than Brianna Stewart. And I consider Brianna Stewart to be the really? best women's college player of all time. She is phenomenal, uh, but Paige Backers might end up being better than her if you just watch her play. Her shot making, her ability to, to just do whatever she wants on offense, it's crazy. She's only a freshman, but I'm gonna pick UConn. Uh, how could I pick against them? They're the best program. And yeah, I love I love Gino Ariamo. He he's the best. Yeah, I gotta go UConn. Yeah. UConn. I,
2: I like Stanford personally, but my my the bracket that I'm banking on is the one that has UConn winning. Yeah.
3: I think they're they're
2: like a Final Four lock. It's just a matter of yeah, who they it, actually it, end up winning. It's the whole UConn thing. Is like you know, you 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 kind of like the Duke of women's basketball. Yeah. You know, now they're beyond Duke. They're way beyond Duke. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not the Duke. Maybe like the UNC. Just just the the perennial locks to at least make the Final Four. Obviously not this year, but
1: yeah. Honestly,
2: you could say that they're like the Gonzaga of women's basketball. Yeah, maybe because they don't Especially even lose the any games. In Gonzaga, the recent Gonzaga, because right. they uh dean what about
0: you i said, said UConn, uconn you gone yeah we're gonna take a little break we'll be right back with some nfl free agency discussion hey besties if you love vic radio as much as we do you want to know what's going on in the studio or you want to stay in the vic loop why not follow us on our twitter at vic radio and our instagram which is also at vic radio keep listening to the best of what's next your favorite indie music station Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Agree to Disagree. We're going to talk some NFL free agency, or as Aiden called it the other day, or uh, Jack, the Bill Belichick spending spree. Um, it's not me. I wish I, I. wish that was me. That's a good one. That was me. Jack, um, so a lot has happened over the past few days. The wide receiver market has somewhat slowed down, but now it's picked up. Same with the running back market this past few days or two. Um, such as Kenyon drake going to the raiders Corey davis going to your new york jets uh, a lot of interesting moves have happened uh, i want to get your guys thoughts what move stood out to you the most these past few days um i i think stood out for for a
2: good reason i have, I have two one that stood out for a good yes. reason one that stood out for a bad reason stood out for a bad reason Kenyon drake to the raiders that makes no sense to me
3: yeah, Absolutely that no awesome. sense. I'm the the
2: I think Kenny Drake he's a, a good player though. I think Kenyon Drake is a great running back, but Kenyon Drake is a starting running back. Uh, there are plenty of teams that need a running back more than the Raiders right now. They have one of the best young running backs in the, late, in the game with Josh Jacobs. They don't need Kenyon Drake. Why spend money on him? And it's also not like he is a different type of player from Josh Jacobs. They're basically the same exact type of running back. you know? This isn't, this isn't the type of combo you make to do a running back by committee this is the type of combo you make because you're going to trade Josh Jacobs type of thing, you know? And I don't think they're going to do that because even John, even, even John Gruden, isn't that stupid. Um, the one that stood out to me for a good reason, I'm, I'm going, I'm skipping the ones that we already have covered on the show. Um, you, you might disagree with me on this, but Juju, uh, I think it's a great choice for him to stick with, uh, to stick with Pittsburgh I wanted to see him go to the, to the Ravens because I want to see the Ravens get some good wide receivers. But you know Juju knows his, his fans love him. Uh, his team, his city loves him. And he's been getting... He, he got better last season after having a pretty, pretty bad uh, 2019. Um, and he knows the system. He fits. He knows where he lies. He's still the guaranteed number one there. Um, and I think if he can pick up his act off the field... You know, just like caring less about TikTok and Fortnite, um, he's going to be an elite receiver. Uh, so I really, really like that deal.
1: Getting him for eight million is a steal in my books. Yeah. I yeah. The that. the only thing I'll say about that, Aiden, is this: it's only a one year thing. It's mm-hmm. essentially just a prove a deal. So if he if he has a big year, and let's say he does, somebody's gonna have to pay him the top line, top of the line receiver money. He like needs he's going to be twenty million 18. or something per season in a year from now, as soon as he rebuilds his value, and he, he, I think he will. He needs his twenty eighteen yeah. season again, yeah, or something sure. close to it, for sure.
3: But if he doesn't, Corvette, Corvette. All right, that was Now, um, look, a couple moves that I liked. I really liked what the Cardinals were doing. They just made some two two signings I really liked. I like AJ Green signing there. Yes, great yes. Option off of DeAndre Hopkins. He's a, big, he's a big vertical guy. I think he still has a lot of talent. I think the Bengals just didn't want to use him. They were kind of trying to go a new direction, in my, in my opinion. I don't think they really liked him. I think A.J. Green still has plenty of game left in him. He could be a very reliable number two receiver, especially with DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to draw a lot of attention from the defense. When he's kind of the guy you're supposed to forget about, I think he could shine in that role. Another move that I really that the Cardinals made, was signing center, or former Raiders center. All-pro center, Rodney Hudson. They really need to make that offensive line better so Tyler Murray has more time. Yeah. And that was a fantastic, mood. fantastic move. He's a veteran. He, he can be a leader for all those guys on the O-line. That, that was a great move. So really two great moves to bolster the offense for the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jack. Uh, for me, I would stay within that division but pick a different team. I would actually say, and this is a very this has been some underrated moves here, I actually like what Seattle has done. With Carson? Yeah. they Now, they did lose Shaquille Griffin in the back end of their defense, and that is a major loss. I have no idea how they replace him at their number one corner. But the fact is they did replace him with Akella Witherspoon. He's decent. He's definitely not Griffin, but he's decent. And then on offense, I like what they did. They brought back Chris Carson. They added Gerald Everett, who was one of the most underrated offensive players in the entire league, I think. I loved him with the Rams as tight end. He was the number two guy. I think he'll step in perfectly as the number one tight end with Seattle. And then they added Gabe Jackson, the former pro bowler offensive lineman with, with the Raiders, They can bring him in. And at least that solves one of their offensive line problems. They definitely have more, but they brought Ethan Posich back to be their center too. So maybe the, maybe the offensive line will be a little more sturdy than it was. And if anything, they just needed to impress and entice Russell Wilson to at least want to stay there for this season. And maybe just for the future, obviously you got to work on that, but if they can at least make Russ happy for the, for the time being, that definitely is a short-term solution for them. And I think they definitely did so with these last few additions. And And I saw him tweet, by the way, he did tweet yesterday, uh, congratulating Chris Carson on his new two-year contract. So, you know, that Russell Wilson is happy that they're bringing his star running back uh, back for a couple more years.
2: Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't want to think about what the Seahawks would have been without that, without Chris Carson. It, Chris Carson is, is not a, a like, incredible running back or anything like that but he's good enough to the point where you want him on a team and with, without a running back that offense is flat Russell Wilson yeah. is great but he can't do it all alone
3: yeah, you guys know what I really don't understand there's been so many like notable good players who like could really be like the difference maker on like championship teams that are standing with the two biggest clown shows right now in the NFL why are the Texans and Eagles getting so many of these players that are so good like, they yo, got Anthony
1: Harris yesterday. I know. Look, what He's are we great. doing? I know. Why is he going there? Go somewhere. Oh, I still Lindsay going to the Texans. That's what it was. Lindsay
2: going to the Texans. Yeah. That, I just What are the Broncos thinking? thinking? That's what I want to know. Why are you letting go of Philip Lindsay? I like Melvin Gordon, man. Melvin Gordon is great. Philip Lindsay is just as good and yeah. younger.
0: Rolls Royce time.
2: And
3: they still have Freeman, don't they? Hey, they should have
1: got rid of Will's, Royce.
2: Rolls Royce, Royce isn't good. He's not good.
1: He's awful. So that would be the team for me. Seattle would be would be the team I, I would pick, but again, they have a lot of work to do if they want to impress Russ. That, yeah. I mean, that's that's their number one goal. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: for, for, How about you, yeah. Dean? For me, I was gonna say the one that stood out to me was Curtis Samuel going to the Washington football team. First, I of like all, that a late, lot. Yeah. Yep. Perfect fit. That is not only are you gonna pair up the Ohio State duo again with Curtis Samuel and Scary Terry, but it just they. Either, I thought Washington needed a number two receiver, someone who could be a chess piece, someone who it definitely has some speed. And Curtis Samuel brings that. I just think now Washington is a quarterback away. I, I love Taylor Heineke. Don't get me wrong. However, they are a quarterback away from being a legit threat. This is a Washington thing that has.
3: Imagine if they hit on that pick with Haskins, man, wow, this team could be
2: scary. Um, I also just want one, one thing that I did forget to mention. Uh, uh, maybe an underrated move, but the Patriots bringing back David Andrews, um, uh, yeah. I think is huge. Uh, yeah. because now that they, they have Trent Brown and they're bringing back David Andrews, uh, they might have the second or third best O line in the league, uh, probably up there with the the Colts, Saints, and Packers. So, yeah, it's, it's gonna be much better for Cam than last year. I, I think I, I still don't love Cam as the quarterback there, but. He's gonna have a significantly better season. Yeah.
3: I wouldn't I wouldn't even say anymore, you can't, at least for this season, you can't say the Packers o line is gonna be elite. Bacchiari's probably Maybe. Going to be the, the season and
1: Lindsay's gone. Oh, the Packers are in trouble, Jack. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The the Packers are in trouble. Of course uh, they did I, nothing I to replace the guys line. they lost. Because why would they? I can't count out their O line.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you know, and I was gonna say, you know, I understand, you know, you resigned your running back in Aaron Jones, but you could have used that money for other positions that you desperately need and i think that's going to hold up that signing although i love aaron jones i think is going to hold the packers back a little bit and i think it's going to hold them back from not only addressing their needs but from getting better this is the well, team that i think that's peaked it all stems
1: back Je- uh dean to last year whiffing on the draft they completely blew the entire draft They picked a the receiver everything that has happened from that point on stems from that by picking quarterback by picking the running back everything since then Every move they have made has tried to fix the band-aid, put a band-aid over the giant wound they created by whiffing on the draft. And 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 yeah. they haven't been able to do it properly because you're right, they did bring back Aaron Jones. It is a lot of money, but you had to do it because he's a phenomenal player. And now you and have now you, this you, AJ Dillon who's sitting there and it's like, well, what am I gonna get in the game? And, it's and like, that was not.
2: millions of dollars that you don't have to spend right. on a wide receiver. There was such a big wide receiver market this year. Why did I not hear the Packers were involved in any of them?
1: No none.
2: none. Not a single report said the Packers were interested in Davis, in Juju, in Samuel, even in freaking Kendrick Bourne and oh, um, and Nelson Nagel. Why, why they're why gonna end not? up with like
1: Sammy Watkins or somebody
2: watch. Like I think they're gonna end up with Nikhil Harry. I think the Patriots are gonna trade Nikhil Harry there and they're gonna have him be the number two. Ugh, that oh, would be disgrace.
1: That is please. such a Packers move. That would
2: be such a Packers move.
1: Go and back. then you guys wonder why I complain about the Packers all the time, and this is why.
2: Am I not I mean, wrong? Somehow
1: they're still going to make the freaking NFC
0: Championship. Yeah. Gotta hate that. Yeah. But, you know, not to mention, and besides signing Aaron Jones, the cost was Corey Lindsley going, and I told Jack this. Now their O lines going to get worse and worse. Aaron, you know, yeah. the, no you. I running I know back. Away. First of all, running backs now are not only losing value, and I understand Aaron Jones is great, but you could always find a good a good running back elsewhere, whether it's free agency, whether it's to draft, you, you and. You know, it surprises me that they didn't even like uh, Aiden said that they don't. E- they're not even the market for the receiver. Instead, you know, these receivers are going elsewhere. The Corey Davis goes to the Jets. Kenny Galladay maybe going to the Giants. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick picks up Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, the Packers are running out of time, and I know I've it's- said I, they've picked already, and they still have a little bit of a chance, but. But this is it for Green Bay right now. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We make fun of the Patriots
2: and, and like Tom Brady so much for playing in a weak division. The Packers are playing in the worst division right now. They're the best team in an awful division. They're facing two of the laughingstocks of the NFL in the Lions and the Bears. And then the Vikings who just can't get anything together. Um, so of course they're going to win this division. They have the best quarterback in that division they are the best wide receiver in that division. Like, of course it's going to happen, but it's just, they're going to get away with it. They're going to end up going, you know, 12 and four, 13 and three uh, by the skin of their teeth. And people are going to be all, you know, the Packers are
0: incredible.
1: And they're going to be total frauds. Like they were the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. It must be nice for Aaron Rodgers. It must be nice for Aaron Rodgers to now play Andy Dalton twice a year. Yeah, her cousins serious. twice a year, and now Jared Goff twice a year.
3: But you know what's kind of sad? I bring this other again with the Packers. It's not only like this has happened once. Now, now that Aaron Rodgers won his third MVP last year, his career is literally a carbon copy of Brett Favre's. Yeah, yep. You, you look at it; they both have one, won one Super Bowl goals. early three, in the career. Yeah, three. Both of them, three-time MVPs, and. There's, big, there's so much left to be desired because they just didn't put their, they never, yeah. they never, they never put the right coaches around them. They never had enough like a true, true receivers or defenses that kind of situation. So mm-hmm. it's just a
1: shame. They literally have done this. How much they've done this over the last thirty years is just beyond me. And you know what the saddest thing about it too, Jack, and especially with the receivers, these wide receivers this offseason it's been a bargain to get one. There's been very few that have gone for a lot of money. And Juju's the best example. Will Fuller went for like nothing. And I thought he was the perfect Packers fit at the trade deadline last year or this off season. He went to Miami. He's going to be a total game changer there, by the way. And now they have nobody. And now you look at who are the rest of the receivers that are out there. I mentioned Sammy Watkins. He's washed up. You still have Kenny Galladay. He's not going to go to the Packers, obviously. So who is left? And they're going to be left with no one after the guys who went for very little to, uh, you know, very little money for for what was we thought their market was going to be. They're not going to end up with any of them. And it's going to be Devontae Adams again. And it's going to be Alan Lazard and MVS again. And nice. I like those players. They're, they're NFL level players, but they're not number two receivers. And the Packers are going to find that out the hard way for what is it? The third straight year. I mean, what, what are you doing? Do they still have Devin Funchess on their roster? I don't know. That Actually, I was I was going to say that, too. I don't, I don't know. After a year off, and anyway, he's not that great to begin with.
3: Yeah. Is he really be a game changer? Him.
1: Probably not. When
3: they signed him, I loved that move. I thought he was going to be like
1: a great number, two, But I don't know. Yeah. It's no. Disgraceful. I
0: want to yeah. bring up a quick topic to you guys. This has yeah, been brewing. I'm sure, um, you know, like I said, Aiden, you're aware of this. Something's been brewing these past couple of days, and it's not a little bit related to the offseason. Deshaun Watson, yeah. So yeah, of course that's been huge in the news as of late. Uh, ever since the Instagram post from a former, I believe, Marine man or a current attorney in Texas came out saying what, uh, some allegations regarding Sean Watson. Now nine women have come forward for towards those allegations, uh, think, and and they're saying that there are three more that just haven't uh filed suits yet. Yeah,
2: he's looking at a dozen, a dozen lawsuits. A dozen lawsuits. Yep. So. Here, here's here's my personal opinion. When the first one, when the first one came out, um, I was like, "This is Deshaun Watson we're talking about. What other guys in the league have such a great rep? Uh, have a great as, as great of a reputation as Deshaun? He's a great guy. I, I, I don't know. I don't think this is a lie, but I think this might be a bit of a stretched truth. But then the second came out, and the third, and now we're at twelve cases allegedly. You cannot deny." Twelve cases. You cannot say that twelve women are lying. You can't say that twelve women are stretching the truth. It's. I don't want to believe this, but I have to at this point. And I also think this has got to be tanking the Deshaun Watson market, right? You know, team teams were willing to pay first round picks, multiple first round picks for him. It might be tough for him to to get out of to get out of Houston now. Um who's gonna want who's gonna want to take a take on a quarterback who you know has 12 12 sexual harassment uh suits against him right now 12
1: well the question Aiden is I mean you mentioned it are they true or are they not true was anything stretched here who are we supposed to believe what 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 what's the what are the details yeah and I think once that all comes out then we can make a yeah. true we- assumption on what his market is but until then, I mean, we've got to consider him away from football. I mean, is that is he going to play this year? Like, is he going to take the year off and, and have to deal with all this stuff and then come back? It's like, what 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 is his future in football? Much less what is his trade market? Like, because I think all yeah. the teams that were in on yeah. him, whether it be the Jets, Dolphins, whoever, they all have to take a back seat now and say we're not going to trade for somebody when we may be giving up our entire future and a two-attack of Iloa type or a Sam Darnold or you know whoever it is we can't trade for you now and risk all that and then have no assurances that you're going to be able to play and you might be locked up in jail somewhere for the next, who knows? Like, yeah, all that's, it's, all that's right now is, 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 a question mark. So I don't think anybody's trading for him at this point. I think his future yeah. in football for the, at least the immediate future is very uncertain. Yeah, yeah, sure. definitely agree yeah. with that. It's a shame uh, happening, especially at a time where it's
3: very, important to him. He's got to figure out what's next. Is he going to opt out? Is he going to be traded? Is he going to go back? And now, it's going to be hard for him to get what he wants, especially to get out of Houston, with all the allegations that are against him. You're not going to risk taking on, especially also, like you just said, if there's a risk you can go to jail for like for however long, you're going to be stuck paying him guaranteed money close to $40 million, I think. And you just can't risk it, especially, and also, you can't Salvage the future for a guy you don't know is going to be there. Yeah. So this really takes a, this hinders his market, and who knows what they're going to be able to do. Yeah. Do you think the Texans? Well, I don't know. Like, should you see the Texans releasing him if this gets?
2: I don't know. Okay. I know. No. Not not releasing him at least until we know more facts about all this.
3: Do you think they're probably? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Do you think you part know, of that they're slightly happy because like now they don't have to trade him? Maybe. No, but, this no, no way. But no.
2: Here, here's, no, no, no. Deshaun Watson is a good enough player that whether or not it's a good thing, uh, the NFL and teams are going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, yeah. the, we've seen it countless other times with other players when they have these these allegations against them. If they're a good player, people are going to put that on the back burner and still have them on their team. Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, uh, Ocho Cinco, I read you know you. yeah. Um, it happens all the time. Adrian Peterson wasn't sexual assault, but, you know, same same kind yeah. of area, right? Yeah. Um,
1: Tyreek, right? Didn't happen to Tyreek? Tyreek, Tyre- too, yeah, and it's Kareem Hunt. Yeah.
2: Um, so he he is good enough that I don't, I I unfortunately don't think this is going to be the end of his career, uh, unless he ends up going to jail. Um, but, you know, this is going to make teams think for a second about trading for him, and I think yeah, it's going to, they're going to want to wait for this to not blow over, but to, to get all the facts about it, to know really, really what's happening.
1: And you know, you know what else too, Aiden? And I, I I don't know how legit my point that I'm about to make is, but I'll make it anyway, just to see how you guys feel about this. We have trusted Deshaun. We have been on team Deshaun for months about this Mm -hmm. and we have been anti-Texans. Do we have to reevaluate our thinkings on the incompetence of the Texans to think that maybe Deshaun Watson is stretching the truth on this. To think that maybe. To think that you know maybe Deshaun was 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 putting things out there about the organization that really weren't true. Just like maybe it was happening in this whole situation off the field. Like, do we have to reevaluate our thinking on what kind of organization he plays for? Maybe we do. Now they still look very dumb for trading uh, DeAndre and everything I, else that I, they've done and bringing David Johnson. But maybe we have to reevaluate our thinking a little bit and give give David Cully – a chance, you know, maybe we have to do that. I don't think, I don't think that
2: we should reevaluate it in terms of saying like, maybe the maybe the Texans aren't as dysfunctional as we thought they're as dysfunctional as we thought. I'm confident in that, but I do think you're right. We should be reevaluating thinking is Deshaun being treated as terribly as he says, you know, he's, he's getting millions of dollars. The team, especially this year, they are still trying to, you know, get some players to build around him. Um, and they, they have been trying the past couple of years outside of, uh, outside of the DeAndre Hopkins trade, the Texans have done everything in their power to, to help him out. Um, so maybe he is stretching this truth a little bit. Maybe, maybe there was more behind the DeAndre Hopkins
1: trade than we really
2: knew. Who knows?
1: Yeah, that yeah. definitely, definitely could be the case. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you guys on that, but I'd be very hard pressed to criticize the Texans for their handling of the situation going forward now, because I just, I don't know what Deshaun was saying that is actually true. That's just my thing. I, I I couldn't go out there and make an assumption after I've made all these assumptions for months now, especially knowing what I know now. So that's just me.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we are going to take a break. We will be right back. Hey besties, if you love VIC radio as much as we do, you want to know what's going on in the studio? Or you want to stay in the VIC loop, why not follow us on our Twitter at VIC Radio and our Instagram, which is also at VIC Radio. Keep listening to the best of what's next. Your favorite indie music station. Hello everybody. Welcome back to Agree to Disagree. Um, I'm gonna let Aiden take the lead on this one. So apparent so a new controversial topic has also brewed up regarding the inequality between the women's basketball team and men's basketball team, just in general, women's and men in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Aiden, take the floor.
2: Yeah, so a couple of days ago, obviously the men's and women's uh, tournaments are happening right now, or the women's is starting tomorrow, today, when you guys are listening to this. And we, we, we know that women's sports aren't making as much money. We know that the NCAA is not putting as much money into women's sports as they are into men's. And that's one thing. You know, I'm not going to say it's understandable, but it's a, it's a fact we've all kind of come to live with at this point, and we have to work on that to change it, but we know it's a thing. Uh, but we have seen just how kind of blatant that sexism is and that bias is this year. A couple of days ago, there were some pictures shared of the men's uh, weight room in the bubble versus the women's weight room. The men had this big warehouse with machines and weights and plenty of space and plenty of stuff to use. And the women had a single rack of weights. And that's all. Um, and the NCAA responded to that saying, Uh, You know, this was not because of a lack of money, it was because of a lack of space, to which uh, an Oregon player, Sedona Prince, uh, replied with a video, she posted a TikTok showing that this is not a lack of space, there is more than enough space here uh, for them to give us a full weight room, and they just didn't, and they didn't even try, they gave them a rack of weight, that is all they gave to the women. And then also since then, we've seen, you know, men. the men are getting these big uh, buffet style meals. Women are getting, uh, you know, boxes of high school lunches, um, you know, fake meat and soggy vegetables. Uh, The, one of the littler things, but the swag bags that players got, uh, men had, you know, just a significantly bigger, Package than the women got um we also saw with the covid tests the men are getting the pcg i believe it's called which is the gold i believe uh, it's pcr PCR. which is the gold standard that's the one that pro pro sports are using um meanwhile the women are using the antigen tests which are faster and cheaper but are only about 70 percent accurate um there's That's no to me is reason. Beyond,
1: is beyond belief. I, can you that, imagine that? That one's it?
2: probably the most ridiculous to me because there's oh, no yeah.
1: reason to give uh, different tests between. Well, the whole reason athletes. you're in the bubble is to make sure nobody gets COVID. Yeah, and there's yeah. no otherwise reason to, you'd be doing this the way it's normally done with different sites across the country. And there's no reason to give them different tests if you do tr-
2: truly care about them the same um, in term and in terms of people, not even in terms of athletes. And then one of the ones that I learned last night um, that you know, just kind of indirectly affects the women's teams more than the men's teams is um, there is not an additional pay for, uh, for child support and uh, for, for coaches that are going on the trip. And uh, this might've been the most ridiculous one, uh, coaches that have children that are breastfeeding uh, have to take that child with them uh, against the 34 person limit traveling team. So, coaches w- women that have breastfeeding children, and because there are more women coaches in the women's teams than the men's team, this is affecting them more. Women that are breastfeeding children have to either leave their child, or leave a coach. They're being or forced or a
1: support to... staff person or someone, no, a just the coach. They're being forced
2: to 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 choose between the two of that, and that's not something that the NCAA should be making them choose between.
1: You know, are, are there, you there should like, be an exception? What you're saying is there should be an exception for an infant or or baby yeah. of some sort to come along with a trip and make that the 35th person. In yeah. addition, I think it's a 34 person traveling party. Have mm-hmm. an additional exception for a baby or an infant, and then allow all the coaches and support staff to come along with the players. Yeah, and it to me it makes no sense any of this stuff because we we know the
2: NCAA is sexist, and we know they're going to put more money into the men's, but how stupid are they to make it this blatant?
1: No, it's and you know what too? They came out the first day um, and they about, especially about the gym too. Cause this was the mm-hmm. first one that really broke. They came out and said that it was a, an issue of space. And then I don't, I'm trying I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. From the, from the Oregon Prince. women's team. What was her? What Sedona, was like? Prince. Sed- yeah. Sedona Prince. Sedona yeah. Prince. And she put out a video and it she basically showed the, the whole area there. And that video, showed how much room there really was for the women's teams to actually have their own weight room that was the same size as what the men were using, or at least similar size. And that whole room was empty, and there was nothing there. And they could have easily thrown in a bunch of weight equipment and other things for fitness, and it would have been totally equal. You also, And and instead, they just blew it. You also have to note, like,
2: they gave them a single rack of weights. They didn't even give them, like, 15 racks of weights, you know? Like they can't, the, the the whole team can't even use weights at once.
1: <laughs> like, what are, what no, it's, is It's it like almost, to- it's almost like a joke. Like, you, you, if you saw the picture and you have, if you haven't seen it, definitely look at it. It's, it's hard to believe when you, when you watch it.
0: Yeah. It's so, yeah, it surprised me. Um, well, it does surprise that the NCAA is a controversial committee. I mean, they've had a history of things, you know, that have happened. Um, the one that stood out to me, like you say, was the the COVID test one. That that one, because especially a time like this, like COVID is no joke. And when you're in a bubble, you want everything to go smoothly. Um, the The food trays were made it to be more obvious where women got the high school food, the poor quality meat, whereas the men's basketball team had full, like filet mignon steak, like these like these this fancy, this you know these fancy types of foods. It was it was really surprising, like disturbing but it was also not surprising in a way because the ncaa i feel like has tried to hide this for a while and now has made it more blatant and the ncaa has a history of contra- of controversy and this is going to be one of them yeah they're
3: the ncaa they have the history of just questionable things that they do like if you ever for years this has been going on for decades the whole situation of not whether or not you should be paying the college athletes now this they have a lot of stuff that like the people criticize them for and who knows like if i'm being honest i don't think they're going to change anything they haven't changed their methods on anything No, else. they're not they're not going to it's the ncd they don't, they don't care. Care. exactly they have my, my language they haven't cared in the past 40 years so i don't expect them to start caring now so it's just a shame and i wish there was an alternative like and I've heard no, Noah and I discussed this, especially when it comes to at least men's college basketball. It's a dying industry. And I think in a couple of years, I don't know how long, maybe 10, 15, most, I think. Like, eventually, I feel the NBA is going to allow players to go to the G League straight out of high school. And then a lot of them are just going to go there. Better coaching. They'll get paid. And it's a total win-win situation instead of rather going to college for a year. I could totally see that happening. Yeah, 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 totally.
1: And, and and they need to build on on the reputation they once had, Jack, yeah, as totally. one of the great sports in this country, right? Back when Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan and guys like that yeah. were Alan Iverson. That's the difference. Back then it's like college, you
3: actually got players, you built up a team like remember like the Fab Five? Like something like that is never gonna happen again. Because all these guys, all the, these great, great players are never gonna play together unless they're all
1: happening in the same year. They're all ones and duns. And you're and you're driving away players when you put when when you have images come out like this. Yeah. And and I understand you don't pay the players. So by default, you may drive some guys away that, that don't want to come play in college. And, and that's fine. I totally get that. But you need to do everything in your power as the NCAA now to entice guys to come and play mm-hmm. for at least a year for any college out there, whether it's an HBCU or a Duke or whoever, like it doesn't matter, but you need to get guys nationally recognized in college basketball as much as you possibly can. And by having these sort of scandals, especially in 2021 where things can be easily posted on the internet and and it's out there for people to see men that are trying to fight for an equal society, just like the women out there are trying to do when, when images come out like this and you see, one rack as opposed to 50 racks or one type of COVID test as opposed to another COVID test. You're telling players, both men and women, why the heck would I want to come and play for that organization for any school? Because that's how they're going to treat me or that's how they're going to treat the opposite uh, gender that plays right alongside me in, in March Madness. So just for me, I, I, I think it's the stupidest thing, not just for the players to have to deal with this because they shouldn't have to, But for the NCAA's own mission and what they're about, like what this does, this does you no good. It doesn't do anything for you that's a positive. So why, why even do it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is a little unrelated to college basketball, but there was a, this was a Disney plus movie called safety. It was from a Clemson player. I'm sure maybe some of you guys have seen it. It made me see how poor the NCAA is. So So one Clemson player had to, his mom was in rehab he had to take signed custody to help take care of his brother and the ncaa said no you can't bring your brother to campus you can't you know they didn't want him to take custody of him he couldn't sleep on campus because his brother didn't have a home he had to appeal to the ncaa the university was really afraid that he was going to lose the ncaa but he was actually one of the first the one of the few players that actually won his appeal but the fact that, you know, like, the, this showed me, like, the NCA doesn't care about you, your personal life, what you believe in. All they care about is the money and what they money what that they you're bringing in for everything. them. Yeah, exactly. They don't
1: care. And and not paying you what you're worth in addition to mm-hmm. that. It's like, yeah. I compare compare the situation. It's kind
3: of like, it's I'm, I'm kind of compared to the Knicks and, like, James Dahl, however he wants to sell a team. The only way change in anything, the way they operate is going to be affected is once they start losing dollars. Until that happens, they're not gonna do anything because their philosophy is it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, right.
0: All right, well, we're gonna take a break from, we're gonna take another break. We'll be back of course with our classic winners and losers.
1: VIC Radio is the voice of Ithaca College. Here's a campus organization you can get involved in.
0: Want to help bring a little more love to your campus community? IC Random Acts of Kindness Club meets every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. in the Business School, room 104. Stop by to socialize, participate in fun events, get creative, and be kind. For more information, please email randomactsofkindnessic at gmail.com.
1: Want to get your organization's message on the air? Email community at vicradio.org to connect with the Campus Community Involvement Director.
0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Agree to Disagree. We are going to wrap up our show with our classic segment, winners and losers. Uh, Aiden, we'll start off with you. Who's yep. your loser? Uh,
2: my 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 winner. I, I I'm doing a winner this week. Um, is uh, I I found this out while we were while we were recording. But the Tokyo Olympics have decided that they're not going to be allowing any international fans um, to to the Olympics. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think that's the right idea you know it's gonna lose them some money on tickets and whatever but it's 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 not at this point it's not reasonable to say that uh player or sorry fans and spectators should be able to travel internationally to congregate in one city um for a sporting event it's 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 stupid Uh, I'm happy the olympics are happening but I'm very, very glad they're not going to be allowing people to travel in to watch them.
3: TV ratings are going to be off the
1: charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No. For me, my winner uh, is the Milwaukee Milwaukee Bucks. They made a trade a couple of days ago to add PJ Tucker from the Houston Rockets. It was a brilliant move. They gave up very little to get PJ Tucker, and the fact is, they're getting a veteran player who is among the NBA's best defensive players one of its most prolific three-point shooters, especially from the corner. He's going to fit with Giannis and Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday perfectly. You can start him. You can bring him off the bench. You can play him as a small ball center. You can play him at power forward. He does so much for you, and he plays so damn hard without needing the ball. He's the perfect role player for a team like that, and he really enhances their chances of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and even beyond there to the NBA Finals. Love that move for the Bucks, uh,
3: Jack? Nice. Um, yeah, and right, I guess I'll go with a winner and a loser. I don't know. Um, uh, my loser has got to be Deshaun Watson for all the allegations coming out against him, especially at a time where he wants to get a fresh start. And it's going to be hard to do that now with all the allegations out there. And hopefully, hopefully, this could all end up where it turns out nobody got hurt, nobody was nobody was caused any harm, and he can get the fresh start that he wants, and just keep. Just keep my mood happy. I'm gonna talk. My winner is my winner. At least coming up, hopefully, is gonna be the New York Mets. Yesterday, Francis, it was reported Francisco Lindor was offered his was offered a contract extension. So they're definitely negotiating. They're gonna work it out. And he, he's even in spring training before the season starts, I think it's gonna get done in the next couple of weeks. But that grand slam he hit looked pretty nice, and I think that should put a, add a couple more zeros on that deal. So yeah. hopefully they get it done.
0: Um, I'm actually doing a winner. My winner is the month of March. March Madness, NBA, uh, NFL free agency frenzy. I mean, this has been a great trade month. Trade deadline. The tr- yeah, the NBA trade deadline. Um, and course, baseball you know, starts in two weeks. Baseball starts in two weeks. You got hockey. You got you, uh, March, you know, last, it's, it's crazy. One year ago, it, you had the pandemic in March. And even though we're, of course, still in the pandemic, a year later, now March, everything's come full circle. Yeah. Crazy. All right, everyone. That's going to do it for another. This has been another edition of Agree to Disagree. You can go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Just go listen to us on Spotify and listen to us on VIC Radio every morning, Sunday from eight to nine a.m. I'm Dean Gutik. Alongside with me, Aiden Chard, Noah Schwartz, and Jack Casello.